Hi, and welcome to the X-22 Report Spotlight. Today, we have a returning guest, Dr. McCullough. Dr. McCullough is a former professor of medicine. He's made presentations on the advancement of medicine across the world and has been invited lecturer at the New York Academy of Sciences, the National Institutes of Health, U.S. Food and Drug Administration, European Medicines Agency, and the U.S. Congressional Oversight Panel. And I am very happy and honored to have Dr. McCullough back on the X-22 Report Spotlight. Dr. McCullough, welcome back to the Spotlight. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. And and I just wanted to start off. I mean, we, I had you on before and we talked about COVID and the vaccines. And now we're getting a lot more information about the vaccines, a lot more information about what Fauci has done and what COVID is all about. So they're having a lot of hearings now with uh, Fauci, with the director of the CDC. And we're finding out a lot of information about the vaccines. So From the very beginning, when they told us that vaccines were safe, they're effective, were they lying to the American people? They were clearly deceiving the public and misrepresenting the clinical trial results. We now have uh, several fair, balanced analyses, one to cite us by Freeman and colleagues, uh, Dr. Freeman from uh, LSU University, who was actually on one of the FDA panels. He was a principal investigator in the clinical trials. And uh, he's the lead author. Uh, it's co-anchored by uh, Dr. Peter Doshi at University of Maryland. This analysis clearly shows from the beginning that the risks far outweighed any theoretical benefits of the vaccine. Now, the vaccines were initially tested in the uh, ancestral Wuhan uh, wild type, as well as uh, alpha strains. They quickly went away. So once the virus mutated, the vaccines had no theoretical benefit, and even from the beginning, uh, the safety events, the serious safety events that are life-threatening, cause hospitalization or even death, far outweighed any theoretical benefit. The CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, she was in front of Congress, and they asked her a question about the vaccine, and she said that it does not stop the spread of COVID, and she said that this is because of an evolution of science. I mean, does that make any sense where all of a sudden it it doesn't stop the spread of COVID? It's been fairly uh, clear, actually, in the European Parliament, uh, Representative uh, Rob Bruce from the Netherlands asked a Pfizer executive, uh, and the Pfizer executive under oath said that the vaccine was never tested to, to see if it reduced transmission. There would have to be challenge studies uh, to be done. Pfizer never did those studies. Rochelle Lewinsky was correct by saying the vaccines don't stop transmission. And she made that admission in the summer of 2021 because multiple studies came in by Acharian, uh, uh, Rimerisma, Acorsi, and others showing that the fully vaccinated were loaded with virus in their nasal pharynx when they came for testing. So it was clear that the vaccine wasn't stopping the carriage of the virus. Now, she said the evolution of science. Science yeah. itself doesn't evolve. Science is the study of uh, you know of these processes. Uh, but the virus itself responds to ecological pressures and evolves. And you know what makes it evolve over time? is the inappropriate use of vaccines. Because if vaccines are widely used in the setting of a highly prevalent illness, the virus will find ways to become resistant to the vaccines. And that's exactly what happened. What you're just saying here, maybe it makes sense because the FDA amended their um, emergency use authorization and they took Pfizer, the BioNTech and Moderna. They're no longer authorized for uh, the use in the US. Uh, Do you know, I mean, is it because they, they don't work? Why did they pull them? 
The original vaccines are pulled now, you're right, because they're completely useless. They don't work. They haven't worked for a long time. Remember, those original vaccines were coded against the ancestral Wuhan Institute of Virology strain of the virus, the one that came out of the lab. And so uh, uh, those were the only vaccines that received biological licensing agreement letters from the FDA. Uh, You know, it was falsely claimed that they were FDA approved. They never were, but they were the closest to approval. Now they've been pulled off the market and all we have are the failed bivalent vaccines by Pfizer and Moderna. So, I mean, for those people that are still, I, I guess, getting boosters, I think the percentage of people getting boosters is going down. In your opinion, should people continue to get the boosters? No, the boosters have no theoretical benefit whatsoever. They don't have improved safety. Uh, the Moderna bivalent booster is now at a lower dose, 50 micrograms, but it's still half of the original formula, half of the new BA4, BA5 formula. Uh, Pfizer is kept the dose the same at 30 micrograms, again, half, half. Uh, But these failed in animal studies to stop the virus. Uh, uh, They were unconvincing in human studies. No randomized trials have ever shown that they reduce uh, the risk of hospitalization death as a primary endpoint. They don't reduce severe disease. Uh, United Kingdom, for instance, they don't recommend anybody under 50 take them. The World Health Organization has said, uh, you know, younger adults not to take them. Now, there's been calls to have them pulled off the market. I made the call in the U.S. Senate December 7th, 2022, and it wasn't opposed by anybody. The vaccines should just come off the market. You pointed out they're they're rarely used now. Uh, the CDC reports 10% or less of nursing home workers are even taking it. Uh, they're reporting 16% of the general population, uh, but that potentially could be an overestimate. Uh, they're unpopular, they're unsafe, uh, and they don't have any theoretical benefit. But now we see on the opposite side, they're causing illness. Florida Surgeon General, he did a study and shows that the young men get myocarditis. We're seeing people suddenly die. We're seeing other ailments. I mean, I think of a lot of people now, they know family members that got either the first dose or boosters. And when I talk to people, they're saying uh, a lot of my family members now are coming down with different ailments that they never had before. Like all of a sudden, uh, they were healthy and now all of a sudden they have some strange ailment that they never had before. Are you seeing this throughout the country and the world where all of a sudden you're starting to see people come down with these different ailments? It was a giant mistake to mass vaccinate the population. Uh, You know, as a clinician, if we had a safe vaccine, I would say nursing home patients and workers uh, at the extent of it. But it was a giant mistake to apply broadly, a brand new genetic technology. 94% of Americans took Pfizer or Moderna. That's synthetic messenger RNA that's never been tested in humans before. No long, no assurances of long-term safety. We're now finding out it doesn't get out of the body. The spike protein is produced for an uncontrolled duration and quantity of time. The spike protein is toxic to the body. It causes heart damage, brain injury, Uh, blood clotting, neurologic injury. Uh, It basically is a human disaster to have so many people take a brand new, wildly experimental genetic vaccine. And uh, now a recent Zogby survey shows 15% of people who took it have some new medical problem, as you pointed out. We're seeing record rates of heart damage, myocarditis, cardiac arrest, uh, brain hemorrhage, stroke, neurologic impairment, Blood clotting, like we've never seen, blood clotting on the arterial and venous side of the circulation that seems resistant to blood thinners. 
uh, severe inflammatory syndromes requiring hospitalization like MIS and VITT, 30% mortality rates, all-cause mortality rates skyrocketing now worldwide as a result of mass vaccination. It was a giant public health mistake. So what exactly does the spike protein do? What, what, what? The spike protein is toxic. It's actually the lethal part of the virus. It's the little spines on the ball of the virus. They were engineered by the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Harvard, and a Swiss Institute in a consortium uh, that was driven by the NIH. Uh, this was all devised in the United States. They kept working on the virus to make it more lethal and infectious. The work was subcontracted to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That institute was constructed under the leadership of Stefan Bainzel when he was at BioMRU. Now he's leading Moderna. Moderna quickly making a vaccine to the deadly virus that they had um, uh, you know, co-participated in uh, in terms of the lab engineering. Now, this is now all coming out in congressional and Senate investigations uh, that this was a biological threat program that the United States was running through this research consortium. They were trying to devise antibodies and uh, monoclonal antibodies at the same time. Uh, but the bottom line is now they have, um, uh, you know, basically admitted culpability. Our National Security Administration, the FBI, the Department of Energy, the NIH, former CDC director, all admitted that this is a U.S. project in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And now, in an unprecedented 419 to zero vote in Congress, they voted to declassify the U.S. documents. Hmm. Now, a month ago, all these agencies were promoting a false narrative that we had nothing to do with it, and the virus came out of nature in China. And within 30 days of investigation, there's complete capitulation. Why didn't they just admit that it was leaked from the lab? Fauci, they caught him creating a letter putting someone else's name on the, the letter, covering up the, the idea that it came from the lab. Why didn't they just admit, yes, we, we were looking at this virus for defensive purposes, let's say, and it leaked out by accident. Why, why didn't they just admit that? That would have been the honest and forthright thing to do. I think so many people were involved. They were so deep into it. And the human nature to deceive and cover up took over you know, honesty and integrity. So uh, deception and uh, fraud, mm -hmm. basically those were stronger motives than honesty and integrity. They should have just come clean and said, listen, this was a bad mistake. It got out of the lab, whether it's our fault or the Chinese. Now we need to save as many lives with early treatment uh, and get get the whole world through this. They thought they could get away with it covering up. You know, in an unprecedented meeting, end of January of 2021, Anthony Fauci uh, at the uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and Francis Collins, the overall director of the NIH, held a meeting with Jeremy Farrar, who was a scientific director at the Wellcome Trust, Christian Anderson, a vaccine specialist at Scripps Clinic, Edwin Holmes at University of Sydney, about a dozen of them. And they devised an intentional false narrative and then commissioned 12 fraudulent papers in the medical literature to deceive uh, doctors and the public that the la the virus came out of uh, nature or came out mm -hmm. of a fish market. This was intentional deception. Now Jeremy Farrar has been 
basically rewarded for this. He's now a lead scientific director at the WHO. So all these individuals are working with what we call a biopharmaceutical complex. This is in my book, Courage to Face COVID-19. The biopharmaceutical complex is a consortium, a syndicate that involves the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, Gates Foundation, Welcome Trust, Rockefeller Foundation, all the Gavi, Unitaid, EcoHealth Alliance, all the regulatory agencies are working together and rewarding one another for their activities within the complex. Former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb now works on the board of Pfizer, promoting Pfizer vaccines. FDA Commissioner after him, Stephen Hahn, now works for the venture capital firm for Moderna. So you can see how the biopharmaceutical complex is working, rewarding themselves as they advance this dangerous and deadly vaccine agenda on the world. So they were all working together and they knew what was going on and they covered for each other. Wow. Absolutely. It was clear they knew what was going on. The EcoHealth Alliance, the grants that have been reviewed, even last night, Senator Marco Rubio was reviewing this on Sean Hannity, Fox News. It was clear through the EcoHealth Alliance grants, they knew exactly what they were doing. The United States was working on this virus to make it more infectious and more lethal. And they were giving the blueprint to this to the Chinese to actually do the work in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Just to take this a step further, I mean, there was many calls out there to use hydroxychloroquine and zinc and vitamin D or ivermectin very early on. And the pharmaceutical companies, pharmacists, doctors, they it's to me, it looked like they all band together to stop people from getting these drugs. Now, they covered up the leak, and then they also tried to stop everyone from getting these drugs. Would, would, would these drugs stop the pandemic? Would, would it minimize the pandemic? Early treatment, no doubt about it. I've testified three times in the U.S. Senate. It would have saved two-thirds of the lives lost, two-thirds of these hospitalizations, which were miserable. Uh, So early treatment should have been the standard for high-risk patients, those presenting with severe symptoms from the beginning. All forms of treatment, everything from nasal sprays to hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, Paxlovid, monoclonal antibodies, they were all undermined. They were Mm. all undermined. And they were undermined, I believe, for a reason to advance the vaccine agenda. The uh, Biden White House and HHS had a program called the COVID Community Core Program. Billions of dollars floated out to promote and then ultimately force the vaccines uh, in industry, through healthcare systems, churches, community groups, sports teams. Uh, And part of this agenda was to squash any hope on early treatment in order to promote the vaccines. Those who are most aggressive in impeding early treatment, let's say the American Medical Association and the pharmacy boards, those were the ones who were most uh, uh, enthusiastic about promoting the vaccines and they benefited from it. Do you know the pharmacists who denied ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, they were actually benefiting from administering vaccines financially. We found out that the doctors we're receiving large bonuses from insurance companies. For instance, Blue Cross Blue Shield Anthem had a program. Typical doctor would have 2,000 patients in their panel, easy. The doctors were getting a quarter million dollar bonus payments from the insurance company if they hit vaccine quota targets. This, All this money flowed from the federal government through these various entities 
and then they financially rewarded those who were executing this deadly and uh, really horrible vaccine agenda on America. When I hear you speaking about this, this sounds like a crime of all crimes because they held back a drug that would have helped the people of this world. They knowingly pushed this vaccine out there that didn't do anything and they were paying people to do it. In, in your opinion, do the people have a way of either suing or getting back at the pharmaceutical companies? Because a lot of people that have taken this, they're now very upset because they would have never taken the vaccine if they knew that it doesn't do anything, if it didn't you know, stop them from getting COVID, if it didn't stop transmission, they would have never taken this vaccine. And now that they're finding out that their their health is deteriorating, a lot of these people that I speak to are very, very upset about this. So is there is there any recourse or anything? It's true. People are furious. Yeah. Uh, people have felt that they were tricked into taking it early on voluntarily. Then many were forced into it. You know, when we got to the summer of 2021, most people knew the vaccine didn't work and it wasn't safe and they were forced to take it yeah. against their will. Then they suffered injury, disability and death. So they're furious. The vaccine manufacturers at this point in time appear to have complete uh, liability protection. They haven't paid out anything. Uh, there is a shield against lawsuits. So, uh, you know, people are trying in all different ways to see how this can be assailed legally. But the two crimes that you mentioned, uh, I think, should be elucidated. The first one is fraud. The United States, the vaccine developers and this biopharmaceutical complex defrauded the world on uh, the um, uh, impairing and impeding early treatment. They undermined early treatment. Uh, and then they falsely promoted these vaccines. They falsely misrepresented the, uh, y- you know, the facts of what was going on. It's just fraud, uh, and it's fraud that caused harm. And then the second crime is mass negligent homicide by denying effective early treatment uh, that caused loss of life. And now the vaccine deaths and the current estimate in the United States is. It's basically what the CDC has recorded in terms of certified deaths, which is now over 17,000 COVID vaccine deaths, times an underreporting factor of 30, which has been accepted in FDA testimony. Uh, that's a number that I think can be relied upon. It could be higher, but we'll take 30. That puts us at over half a million Americans have lost their life with the vaccine, typically on the same day they take it or a few days afterwards, a vast majority within 30 days. And when autopsies are done, two studies, one by Chavez, one by Schwab, has shown that when people are found dead after the vaccine, the vast majority, it's due to the vaccine. There's no doubt about it. It's classic vaccine heart damage or uh, uh, intracranial hemorrhage or stroke, blood clots that are fatal. Uh, So we have over 3,000 papers in the peer-reviewed literature now on fatal and non-fatal vaccine injury syndromes. It's It's really an unqualified debacle. It's a it's a worldwide debacle, and it was self-administered. And I just want to go back to the spike protein for a sec, because um, those people that did get the vaccine, especially uh, women, um, they're, they're showing that either becoming infertile or something's wrong. Does the spike protein, is that, can that be passed to a child? We're not sure about spike protein being passed to the child, but we know that vaccination in pregnancy is terribly dangerous to sources of data. One is by Thorpe and colleagues uh, comparing COVID-19 vaccine to influenza vaccine, which is routinely Mm. given in pregnancy. And there, the rate of uh, of fetal complications like uh, fetal loss 
uh, in the first three months, the first trimester, that'd be miscarriage or stillbirth after 20 weeks are multifold higher with COVID-19. Fetal outcomes are worse, including fetal growth retardation, uh, uh, deficiencies in amniotic fluid, and then a, a fatal hemorrhagic fetal death. I mean, these are horrible outcomes. The Thorpe analysis is an indictment uh, against the, the, you know, the, the unsafe practice of vaccinating women with a novel, brand new genetic vaccine. Now, CDC is reporting now 65% of pregnant women have taken the vaccine either before or during pregnancy. And the CDC is also reporting as of March of 2022, that maternal death is skyrocketing since the advent of vaccines in 2021. Maternal death means death of the mother through the course of pregnancy or within 42 days of delivery. The maternal death statistics the CDC is reporting and the report is in the March 2022 um, edition of the National Center for Health Statistics on the CDC website. That that is basically indicated that the COVID-19 vaccine program has erased decades of progress in obstetrical care. So does the spike protein, does that stay with you forever? Does it disappear over time? Bruce Patterson at Incel DX has the best data. He's uh, in a preprint publication. So the spike protein is highly abundant, both the S1 and S2 segments in vaccinated people easily for nine months, but that's as long as he looked. In severe cases of, of the illness itself, he's found the S1 segment uh, out to 15 months afterwards. So the spike protein, no doubt about it, is long lasting. More disturbing that the messenger RNA is circulatory for 28 days or more, as shown by Kashri Yuda and colleagues. Circulating spike protein shown by Ogata at Harvard uh, for about a month. Yonker at Harvard Massachusetts General Hospital has shown circulatory spike protein that's not neutralized by the antibodies. It's causing heart damage in children as Yonker is published in circulation. So we know the spike protein is damaging. No one would want high doses of spike protein being produced by their own body. It's going to cause autoimmunity and one's own body is going to damage itself progressively by producing this foreign Wuhan spike protein. Is there any way to counter the spike protein? We are desperately looking for approaches. The most promising is natokinase, a Japanese discovery of an enzyme, uh, natokinase, a, a natural thrombolytic proteolytic enzyme produced by the degradation of soy by Bacillus subtilis natto. And it's been used for a couple of decades now. We know it's safe in use for uh, general uh, cardiovascular disease. We're directly applying it now in this spike protein disaster ahead of human studies. We don't have human studies yet. The anecdotal reports are very encouraging. Uh, We know it's safe. Uh, 2,000 units twice a day is a standard dose takes about two months to begin to make progress against various ailments like small fiber neuropathy. So can people take that right now? People can take it. The highest uh, quality source available is by the wellness company, www.twc.health. It's called Spike Support Formula. It features natokinase uh, at 2,000 units uh, taken twice a day. That's two capsules taken twice a day, but also has other important uh, ingredients in it, including selenium, uh, black sativa extract, and more. And it's largely, you know, been compounded 
to help antagonize the existing spike protein that's there. Natokinase effectively dissolves the spike protein. That's been shown in a very high quality preclinical paper by uh, Tanakawa and colleagues. So uh, a, a spike support by a wellness company, all US sourced, uh, the highest quality product we believe is on the market right now. And it is widely uh, being utilized by people who are taking action into their own hands. So even those people that have taken like the, the first two vaccines and then taken additional boosters, this will still help them? We believe so. Again, we need clinical trials. I can't make any therapeutic claims, uh, but this has the best chain of logic and the best support of preclinical data uh, that it would help. And we know a full development program is going to take probably about 20 years and, and people feel like they don't have 20 years. They need to do something now. Dr. McCullough, thank you very much for being on the X-22 Report Spotlight. People wanted to see your work or buy your book. Where should they go? Best central uh, source to go is my website, petermcculloughmd.com. That'll take you everywhere. The book is Courage to Face COVID-19. It's a five-star Amazon bestseller, uh, probably the best in class of all the books written in the COVID genre. It's about the suppression of early treatment and how myself and others battled against the biopharmaceutical complex it's a gripping true story narrative. And, uh, you know, other important resources are my podcast, America Out Loud Talk Radio, McCullough Report, my Substack, Courageous Discourse. I have a very large social media following. And I'm launching a new show in Dallas called The Second Opinion. You'll hear more about that in the future. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. Thank you so much for having me on the program. Thank you very much. I'll put all the links at the bottom of the video and I'll put the link to the medication that you can take to help this with the spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you very much for being on the X-22 Report Spotlight. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you.